0: Welcome back to the full service podcast. I am tank Smith, your host today. The end, the end of the podcast episode 111. I'm glad you're here. This is dope. As always, people follow us. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at full service pod. I am at tank funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, I usually say subscribe to the podcast, but hey, this is the end of the podcast. So tell people about the podcast. You don't have to subscribe, but tell somebody you don't know, tell somebody you know, tell a neighbor, tell somebody on the street that you see when you're passing, they want a cigarette, tell them, full service pot, we'll spread the word, we'll change the world, but uh, hey, this is, uh, I'm glad you're here, if uh, if you want to hear more of the show, if you're like Tank, oh boy, it's ending, we're going to hear more stuff, Patreon is the place to go. Patreon.com slash FullServicePod. You can hear episodes that you cannot hear on the regular feed. I'll probably put some of these episodes also on Patreon as well. So uh, if you want to hear those, oh boy, Patreon.com slash FullServicePod. Man, it's the end of the podcast. This is crazy. I uh, started this in uh, 2019 in uh, Raleigh, where I was living at the time, moved to Atlanta. And uh, now it's 2021 and uh, two years later shout out to shout out to everybody uh, that's been a guest on the podcast this would not be a thing I say it this would not be possible without you so uh shout out to you thank you and if you're listening to this show if you've been if you've been rocking with us for a minute, if you've been rocking with us since Soundcloud if this is the first episode that you're listening to thank you for listening to the show i uh, I looked earlier today and We're like at, around like downloads, we're like, almost to 68,000, it was like 67,000, like 700, and uh, YouTube's like a little over 15,000, so like over 80,000 downloads of the podcast, and uh, that would not be a thing if people were not listening, so fucking shout out to you for listening to the show. Today, episode 111, the end, what's happening? So, at the end of 2020, uh, my last episode of 2020... I did like a compilation episodes where I took different clips from interviews throughout the year, put them together, and uh, I really enjoyed doing that. And so that's what I wanted to do for this episode. I took clips from interviews uh, throughout the year and put them together right now. I think it's like 24, 25 that I have for you guys. And it's like a little bit over two hours. So it's so it's lengthy baby, but it's hot. It's fresh and I know y'all are gonna like it I'm guaranteed if you're listening to this and you're like take who I'm on the fence. I don't know, but I trust you trust me It's good. It's good So how it'll work? I will play a clip then I'll play a little piece of music another clip and then we are in In the description of this episode, I put a list of everybody that is on this episode, along with timestamps. So if you're listening to this and you like what you're hearing, pause it, look and see where you're at time-wise. Go to the description of the episode. You'll be able to see exactly who you're listening to. There is a link there. Click the link. It'll take you to that episode, and you can listen to the episode. Do it. so easy. Again, thanks for being here. Last episode of the podcast. It's a party. I hope you're good. Hope you're wonderful. I'll uh, I'll see y'all in that little outro, but uh thanks for being here. Later.
1: My dad had a part-time security position off of Fulton Industrial. Okay. And of course, anybody who's been in Atlanta for even, maybe even a small period of time, know that Fulton Industrial is, there's plenty of strip clubs, uh, sex shops, uh, ladies walking the street looking for company, that things of that nature. So, we only had one vehicle at the time. So, when my dad had to go to this job, my mom didn't want to leave me at home. So, we would all get in the car and take him to work. Okay. And I would see all of this going on at 12, 13. Okay, okay. So when it came time for me to graduate high school and I was in a position where I wanted to move out of the house, but I didn't necessarily have the income to sustain myself, that was the first thing that popped up in my head. Oh, I can go over here and try and get a job in so and so's club. Okay. And that's exactly what happened.
0: How was it did you did you know any people? Like I guess so you started like dancing, I guess? I did. Did you know any people that are in that world at all? Like are you
1: No, it was just like head first, just dived in. I was I was so green. I remember my first day I actually the interview when I talk when I talked to the house mom, she looked at me and she was like are you sure you want to do this? She was like, you don't you don't seem like the type of girl that, you know, is ready for this like. Yeah. You 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 need to have basically she was telling me I needed to have some type of backbone. <laughs> and okay. Then, and I, I admittedly I surely did not, but I was educated and hipped very quickly. Okay. So, I talked her into it, got hired. And I remember my first day, it was on day shift. She put me on day shift. I walked out on the floor And I got a guy Waved me over I walked over And he was like Why don't you give me a dance On the next song So The song that was playing Was in the middle It went off and i got up to dance for him but i didn't take anything off <laughs> okay and <laughs> the manager was walking around he was like you you know you you got to you got to take all that off
0: <laughs> <laughs> had you been to a strip club before no this is okay this is
1: literally i literally started dancing it may not have even been a week after my 18th birthday
0: oh so you're like just newly 18 yeah
1: newly 18 Oh, shit. I knew nothing. All I I had on my mind was, I need some money. Yeah. Straight up.
0: Did you have any kind of idea, like, even, like, going into the strip club of, like, what that would be like at all? Or are you just, like, solely mind blank, I'm going to do this, let's do it, see Mm -hmm. what happens? Yep. That's amazing.
1: And, (laughs) I mean, it, woo, Yeah.
0: Do you feel like I feel like there had to have been like a learning curve or like a waiver period?
1: Definitely. What
0: was that like? What was that like?
1: I mean, it it was it was heavy from guys whipping stuff out on you while you're turned around, um, girls getting in fights and cutting each other
0: Yeah. drugs. Like, did was anybody there, like I guess at the beginning, is anybody kind of like helping you out? Like, does anybody say like, okay, she's new. Let me help her out. Like, no, are you, you no. there's none of that? Like, there's, no, no, it's like. Not
1: where I was. <laughs> you're just like, you're
0: on your own yeah. doing this.
1: Because mm-hmm. it's, it's basically competition.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, oh, you're the new girl. You're fresh meat. Like, stay away from my, my regular. Damn. Yeah.
0: How is it, so you're 18, dancing in a club. I feel like when you're 18, like, nobody has any money. Mm-hmm. Nobody, like, no 18-year-old is balling, you yeah. know. How is it, like, dancing in a club, making that kind of money while, I feel like you have a better job than everybody else you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: how how's that? I kept it, no one knew. I okay. Didn't, I didn't tell any of my close friends. No one knew. Um, I didn't go out and, I didn't go out and ball. Basically. Yeah. So it wasn't really apparent. Oh, okay. I guess I guess they just thought that I held on to my, schol- my extra scholarship money. Okay. Because I, I graduated with honors and I got scholarship money. I got hope. So I got money back. And I guess they just... It wasn't questioned okay. where I got the money. Yeah. At least by my friends. Okay. Now my parents, on the other hand... <laughs> yeah, because they, the, they know what the situation is. Yeah. You know? yeah. So they actually... they actually ended up hiring a private investigator and they found me out
0: oh shit yeah how was how was that like i guess them like Um, being like hey we found we know what's going on
1: it um it kind of put a rift between us because my mom wanted to blame my dad because again like i said i ended up dancing because he told me i had to move out yeah Oh, okay. If I didn't go to this school that I got a whole full ride scholarship to when I was going to school for free in Georgia with Hope. Yeah. My thing was free versus free. Why does it matter where I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can, I'm living in your house. You've got eyes on me. Why can't I stay home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe he's like, you know, 18 years. I mean, it's been a lot. It's long, enough.
1: No, I think his thing was he knew what Atlanta what Atlanta had to offer. Okay. And he wanted to get me out of that scenario possibly. Okay. Instead it just pushed me. Drove drove you
0: like directly into that.
1: Yeah.
2: I think what's crazy um, to me it was just kind of like wow this is this is what I do. Yeah. And so many people think it's like so abstract um that they don't know anyone who does sex work and that they all look you know like fake boobs you know plastic surgery huge lips whatever um but it's like literally that's like literally the opposite of me except well i have real big boobs but they're not and um it's just so crazy yeah like I think they just imagine it so, you know, kind of like any survival sex workers that have to like, they're walking the streets and stuff like that's kind of how they've been portrayed in movies and media. You know, I don't do drugs. I have a college degree. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm pretty privileged in a lot of ways and I chose to do it and it was actually the better option. So I think those are the misconceptions that. People would be shocked. I mean, I know plenty of people if they found out I was a sex worker, they would their minds would be blown. Maybe, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they,
0: Let me subscribe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so, but I also just think I don't know. It's it's it would be challenging because I think it would really make them think about their own misconceptions and their friend or family member. And it's like those yeah. two things
0: converge. I literally, yeah, I was talking to somebody like a did an interview yesterday and we were talking about how like until you're like confronted with maybe somebody you know or this thing in your face you don't really think about it until you're like oh my god I know her she's a sex worker what and then you're like I gotta I gotta have an opinion or like think about this thing <laughs> yeah. how do I fucking rationalize this thing in my brain when I have a thought about this but then I know somebody and mm-hmm. they do this thing you're like well like it's it's wild
2: yeah it's like does not compute yeah It's crazy. I mean, I just, sometimes I'm like thinking about my life because I spent the last eight years working 40 hours a week and like busting my ass and saving a little bit here and there. And and then it's like, wow, I've been doing this for nine months and I get to do whatever I want every day for the most part, or I can do nothing every day if I want. And that's kind of cool. Especially if you struggle with like anxiety or depression or something. You know, those mental health days you could never take at a normal no. job. I just... That freedom is incredible.
0: So many jobs are like, mental health? What's that? Come to work. Right? <laughs> that We're paying
2: you. <laughs> Capitalism! <laughs> yes. <sighs> at least if I'm going to be a cog in the machine, it's a, I'm a cog with my own schedule. <laughs> and that, that is worth it because... That job I had, I liked it because every day I pretty much enjoyed my life and it was fine. Yeah. I didn't slave away at a desk job I hated for the future retirement. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then, you know, so that job's okay. But then this is a million times better. So it's like, hell yeah, I just leveled up.
0: Leveled up.
3: Yeah, so it was actually a very uh, pivotal moment. I was browsing through Pornhub and there was this pop-up that came up and it was a cam girl sitting on her bed and she started talking like she was in her live chat and she was talking about how much she loved her job and how much freedom it allowed her and she was just absolutely gushing over her job. (laughs) I was like, cool, I can do that. Like she was making it sound like so accessible to anyone. And I was just like, wow, this just like normal woman is so happy and she's able to do what she wants. So then I just began like studying my options because I was a barista. I was like the main barista at this local coffee shop in this like really rural town. And I was really poor. Even after working like seven days a week at this coffee shop. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I might be able to do this. Let's just give it a shot. And okay. um, yeah, so I made an account on a website. I had an alias. I was ready to cam within the next week. And I mean, the only real problem that I had with camming was because it was so rural, the internet was so bad. And um, I actually wasn't even able to get internet at my apartment. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So I had to get um, this like really funny little like Wi-Fi booster thing and I had to put it in my window so it caught like the connection of the Chevron gas station that was like around the corner.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I had like this um, this like window th- thing. I don't even – it was like an antenna I guess and then the cord running through my apartment into my bedroom and just connected that to my laptop. <laughs> um but yeah, that's how I started.
0: That's amazing. That's 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 hell yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was September 2012, and like that was. I feel like that was just like the the dark ages in Cammy. Like no one really knew about it that I knew of.
0: It still was such a I feel like a young thing kind of coming mm-hmm. up. like it was still like I know like uh, like live Jasmine was probably big during that time. you know, Chatterbait was still on the come up, uh, my free cams, but it's like it still was kind of like a young thing because there's still mm-hmm. like high speed internet wasn't really available like Mm-mm. everywhere, you know, like in certain like big cities and stuff like that, but it wasn't like all over the country like it is now,
3: exactly, yeah. Um yeah, I can't even imagine anyone wanting to tip me, honestly, because the quality was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. I I made forty dollars within my first hour. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is the ticket.
0: Were you like, did you keep like once you started, did you keep working as a barista or were you like, this is the move? I think I should focus like more of my time towards camming.
3: Well, I I kept um on as a barista, but then the 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 um, coffee shop actually closed, so I was laid off um, a couple months later, I think like four months later. Okay. So by that time, I was a full-time cam girl within the first couple of months.
0: How is it, so with camming, so 2012 to now, is it? how is it seeing yourself like younger? Because it's like you can probably almost go back and see yourself kind of like age and like grow as a person. Mm -hmm. How is that, being able to see that? Not many people can see like... Have documentation of themselves getting old, like how is that that growth I know, process? It's so
3: seeing weird. It? Um, there's actually pictures of me from like one of my first cam shows on the website that I used to cam on. Like they used to take little screenshots of like every like five minutes or so. So there's just like a record of me every five minutes. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's weird looking back at those. Um, but I like to do that every once in a while. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting phenomenon and it like I don't have that many photos from like earlier than that of myself because like, you know, I I lost like my hard drive or like my computer broke or something and it was just like, you know, it's gone. Um, So it is cool to be able to document that and like see my growth and look back and be like, whoa, I used to live in that house and like look at – all these things and all the memories that come back from it.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) How do you feel about free porn? And how do you feel about piracy? Because it is a thing. It is a thing that happens to everybody. Pretty much everybody that's probably been on Chatterbait. Some Mm -hmm. people that are on OnlyFans. Their stuff is fucking available, not on OnlyFans, on other websites. How do you feel about that?
3: I hate it. But also there is a lot of people who have found me through that. So uh, it's... I don't like the piracy aspect. It's a plague. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I don't like how people – it makes people think that porn is free. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. They don't <laughs> realize that that wasn't a free thing that you just watched. Like someone had to pay for it.
0: Which is so funny because it's like almost there's just like a, a window where I feel like it's probably more so of a millennial thing to where we grew up having the internet – And then with the internet came this like huge explosion of free porn. But if you go back Mm -hmm. before the internet, everybody was paying for porn before that. You're right. Yeah. And then as soon as the internet starts, it's like we, like I'm a millennial just having this idea of all this free porn around when it's, which it was never like that before. Mm -hmm.
3: And you know, I'm, I used to watch free porn all the time you know and i didn't even realize that that's where i came from it's so like ob- obvious to me now and like
0: <laughs> yeah
3: you know people just don't even think about that i think it's uh something that needs to be talked about more
0: it's so funny like uh this is it's crazy like this is the i think this is like the hotel where we recorded the mm. last th- the last interview
5: oh my god this is, this is exactly the same place except the ac was a lot louder
0: yeah mm. because it is it's i think it's 78 right here. it's like 78 degrees in here right now
5: 78 yep
0: it's yeah it is actually
5: what's up we listeners? opened it's the frigid air fun. and we are both um i will i don't know can i say oh, this yeah. oh yeah god we both we both had to take off all <laughs>
0: This is a Naked Podcast people. Oh, We're we doing an episode 100. That's wild.
5: We're doing a Naked Podcast and uh, I've just been like rubbing your cold drinks all over <laughs> my head. You got to stay you got to
0: stay cold somehow, you know. This you know is That
5: is in Celsius. I don't like it though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you feel do you can you remember like when I first asked you about the podcast what you thought about it?
5: I do. I I remember um I knew I wanted to be encouraging to you, but also there are just like so many people who've tried to do things like this and they failed. So I think I was like, yeah, yeah, you can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you you can do it, but like, you know, you better be a good one. And I think you are the best interviewer. I mean, I've done this job for 12 years and I can't believe how amazing you are at interviewing people in this business and i think it started it started off bad you know it started it started off you know it was not bad in any way
0: well we did so we recorded we recorded you know that initial interview that still no one has heard Uh, and then we recorded a second interview uh, 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 that also no one has heard people have not heard the you know the first initial the
5: insurgency interview they've never heard those
0: yeah they, then, actually, the day I moved to Atlanta, I interviewed somebody, and they've also never heard that.
5: Oh, no. Yeah.
0: Actually, actually on Patreon, though, if you want to hear that.
5: Oh, okay. So, how do you decide whether or not stuff, like, gets uploaded? To, on Patreon? Yeah. Uh...
0: It's really just per, like I'm just I'll just choose whatever really. Yeah. I still just like that interview to me. I like it's like it's like a special thing, and I'm like also I feel like okay. I don't ask I don't like a lot of the things that I say. Oh. You know, and I'm like, they don't need to hear that. You
5: know. I feel like some also some really graphic content ends up on. Um, yeah. On Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Some more graphic, more. Yeah. Detailed con- content. Yeah, I'd say that, you know.
6: Yeah,
0: yeah. So we record the podcast last year. You're episode 25. Uh. So after you do the podcast, what what is it? Are people mentioning the podcast? Did people mention it at all?
5: I was so surprised. Yes, yeah, so many people listened to it. I was really shocked. I couldn't believe that people took such an interest, but they kept saying like, Oh, it's so nice to hear the sound of your voice. Oh, okay, you know, before we meet you in person. Oh, hell it's yeah! It's so nice to get an idea of the type of person that you are before. Um,
0: is it is we it is it weird at all? Like when like I like because you share a lot about yourself in the interview, oh, like on the podcast, mm, right? Open book. And then somebody comes in and they're like, they feel like they know everything <laughs> about you.
5: That is crazy. How is that? How is that? It is funny when people are like, oh my God, so you're from Nova Scotia. Great. Oh, wow. And so it is really strange, but I also like so grateful to kind of start off there. It's a good starting point. And then, you know, it's kind of like a given. I kind of know that they're on my side. Oh, okay. Based on the fact that they listen to the podcast. Okay. Makes sense. I
0: feel like you can't. Listen to the podcast and then not like you. You know, I like, feel like that is impossible.
5: I mean, it might be so, but then they probably wouldn't be compelled to to contact. I mean, okay, they might okay. Hate me,
0: but maybe like, they maybe... listen, but they didn't hit you up. But if they listen, they hit you up. They're like, yes, "This is." I think so. She's great. She's amazing. You know, as such. Yeah. Yes.
6: origin story
0: uh, the origin story yeah
6: so i was living in new york city i had just left a, a partner i had been with for a long time and i was working as a barista at starbucks for a while which paid shit <laughs> and i was living in a, a, a room with my best friend um, in a three-bedroom apartment we lived with two other people so there was four of us in the apartment and me and my best friend paid $500 a month each to, to live in this room.
0: Fucking New York City. New <laughs> yeah. York City.
6: Yeah. But the the pay was so bad at Starbucks that I could either choose to pay rent or eat. So I paid rent. And um, after I left my former partner, I was just like, I'm at this job that I really hate. I should just change it up. I should just leave this job. I don't know what's going to happen to me in life, but I should leave it. So I left it. And I did like a, a few things that didn't really work out, and I, I needed a job. So I went on Craigslist, and I found an ad for a Massage Parlor. Okay. So, so I went to this Massage Parlor in the Lower East Side, and I walked in for the interview, and the older lady, with the madam, she interviewed me, and she was like, she told me something that I, I won't forget but at the time, I had no fucking clue what she was talking about. She looked at me and she said, "You could be a high-end escort," and I'm like, "Okay, do, can I, do I have the job? Like, yeah,
7: yeah.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I gotta pay my rent. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but cool." And uh, she was right. I mean,
0: <laughs> how was it? How was it working at the massage parlor?
6: It was definitely a learning experience. I there were some downsides and some plus sides. It really showed me how much men wanted to fuck me because (laughs) I had only worked there for maybe four months before I moved into full service. And God, I, the turning point for me was like, I made $2,000 one day, but I actually only got to take home $1,000 because I took 50%. And about that time I'm thinking, well, that's not right. They, you know, they provide me with a place Yes, they probably supplies. Yes, they should definitely take some cut, but fifty percent, like that's a lot. I'm doing all the other work. Yeah, like yeah. Thirty percent, I could, I could fuck with, but fifty, oof. So I met another provider who um was a full fledged escort, and after talking with her, I became an escort, and she toured a lot, so I learned how to tour
0: okay started that
6: way yeah nice yeah
0: what do you feel like the most important thing you learned was starting out maybe in the massage parlor maybe in escorting do you have a like most important thing you learned starting
7: out
6: yeah trust your gut i have like this it's like a thought that comes in my head but like a premonition thought like that 95 percent of the time is right i don't know if I almost always know when people no call, no show me, and it'll just be this thought that pops in my head: like they're not gonna show up,
0: and then they don't show up, <laughs> and
6: they don't show up, and it's. It, I just I've really learned to trust that,
0: like oh, yeah. my buddy. So he's like, he, one of the things that he's always he's like women's intuition is like a serious like, like y'all y'all know things that that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> y'all yeah. just be able to just know shit.
6: The wildest thing for me, was I had this client that I met and I got along with really well, but when I met him, I, I just knew I would see him for only one year. And so, I would see him for, like, several hours every time I visited his city, and then one year later, I was supposed to see him, and he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sick. And I never heard from him again. He died. Oh, God! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! And I was like, how did I know? One year? Like
0: what the fuck what's funny because when you said that one year thing i was like oh he did he die he <laughs> he oh, shit! and
6: there was nothing that would have like like he wasn't sick like if he yeah. was older but he wasn't like sick and yeah it was so fucking
0: well, weird i don't i don't want to know what you think about me
6: <laughs> it's, it's not i wish it was i could summon it but it's like unbidden
0: yeah 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 wild wild <laughs> So you are currently on like a twenty week tour across the country. Mm-hmm. What are what are you what are you most excited about? What are you most excited about in these next twenty weeks? Um,
6: definitely to see a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a long time. See a lot of people in general that I haven't seen in a long time. Clients as well because clients are are sometimes friends. <laughs>
0: shout, out, shout out to the clients! Hey,
7: <laughs>
6: I'm also very interested just to see how much this country has changed since covid because i've traveled this country a lot over the last 8 years i've been to every major city and almost every minor city I've done a lot of road trips and it's already been interesting about the differences yeah you know, just just seeing the country as what it is now
0: oh yeah what kind of like? I feel like that has to be like a like twenty weeks. I feel like is a pretty serious like undertaking. <laughs> what kind of planning? Like, how do you plan that kind of that kind of trip? Like, how, how does what, what goes like? Are you kind of going like based on like where you want to go? Like to cities? Like, is it where clients are? Where people you know are? Like, what what kind of planning? I guess goes into that.
6: So I, uh, as in the question I just answered, I have been doing this traveling for a really long time so fortunately i have a lot of this knowledge like i have how to do this stuff already it is just a lot of planning like a lot of thinking what do i want to do where do i want to go and and also understanding my own limits in this because i am doing at least for the first part i've done this journey on my my own i do have a few friends joining me for parts oh, nice. uh, later on but this this beginning stretch has been all on my own which has been awesome. I've never done something like this on my own, only with a partner. But because I have been to all these places, most all of these places, I am going to a few new places in the middle of nowhere. So
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. The the middle of nowhere gets clover. Hell yeah.
6: Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I'm like Montana. Ooh, that is. Yeah. yeah, I have been to Montana once about seven years ago, and I've been dreaming of going back, so I'm really excited to see it again. Um, It's beautiful land.
0: Are you going to Yellowstone?
6: I don't know. Maybe. It's going to be crazy busy this summer camping, yeah. I've heard, so Oh,
0: shit. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure with COVID over, people are like, we, we're going to Yellowstone.
6: Yeah. A lot of places are booked out for the summer already. So, yeah. yeah we'll see. Hopefully, but we'll see. Fuck yeah. Um, to plan for this, I, I pretty much just like look at a map. And I go, okay, where do I want to go? How long is the distance going to be between each city? How long can I feasibly drive per day? Do I need to stop in the middle? Can I make it the whole way? Um, If I do need to stop, is there somewhere else, like a city that I can go to or that I want to go to? Also, I've been able to be pretty flexible with this, which is nice. So I got to stay in Denver for a few days because I wasn't feeling so well. Yeah, and I like the flexibility. (laughs) That wasn't part of the
0: question, but... No, I mean, that has to be nice. We're like, it's like, it's not so rigid. You're like, just yeah. doing like, hey, we're just out yeah. here fucking traveling. We'll see what the fuck happens. But you just know where you're kind of going, but I'm sure that flexibility is nice. And
6: it's nice because I don't have to pay rent, so it doesn't matter, like, when I get
0: back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Free out here. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah.
8: there's a lot of like security that you give up when you decide like that you're not going to work in the straight world anymore. And I had to, I actually kind of had to be pushed into that. So I was working this really boring corporate job after I left grad school and I was taking phone sex calls like at the job because I was bored there. And Um, I was doing a terrible job there because I hated it and they didn't like me and they eventually like let me go, but they gave me a three month severance. Like they were like, we're really sorry, but you know, this isn't working out. So here's the three month severance. And I was like, oh my God, um, (laughs) I'm going to build up my sex work career now. I've been given because the, for so many people they're stuck in this bind and that's where I was at the time where like, I didn't want to leave my job with the benefits and the salary, to like go out on a limb and try try to make something work um but when I was given this like here's three months of your salary you know go away then I was like okay I have three months to make this work and I just dove into it
0: how are you yeah like at that point I guess like how are you able to like are you able to like change I guess your business or like not necessarily take it more seriously but like does sex work change for you at that point I guess
8: yeah, I think it did change for me. You know, the biggest the biggest change for me was when I fully committed to it and just decided to be out everywhere, which included like telling my kids and our parents knowing. And when I realized that there was nobody, you know, that that I didn't have anybody to hide this from anymore, then I just decided to fully embrace it. And it wasn't until I did that that it became... Viable. Like, I I think I had to fully commit to it. And by that, I don't mean just like put in the hours, but also like emotionally and psychologically and socially, like commit to the community, commit to the identity, commit to um, the risks that come with being a sex worker. And when I um, let go of like my fears, because I had a lot of fears around that, especially as a mom. And I think when I let go of those fears, it changed for me and became like much more of who I, who I was. And yeah.
7: And on the yes, no list is wrestling. Okay. And the dungeon had wrestling mats and a room that, you know, the wrestling happens in. It wasn't specifically for wrestling, but it was just like the room that was big enough for the mats. Yeah. Um, And when I did my yes, no list, when I was starting out, I was like, nah, I don't really. I said, no, no, I'm not interested. But when I was training, um, there was another mistress on shift who had a wrestling session coming up. And she offered, she said, do you want to do a walk on to my wrestling session? Yeah. Um, Are you going to be offering wrestling? And I said, you know, I originally thought that, no, I'm not going to offer it. But you know what? I want to see what it's about. Sign me in. Like, sign me up. I'll do a walk on for your, you know, wrestling session coming up. And so, you know, I halfway through her session, you know, I, I just put on a little sports bra and some shorts or something. And I go up there and she's, you know, in her little wrestling outfit with the guy. And
0: before this, do you have any kind of experience wrestling at all? Like, are you, are you.
7: I'm athletic. Okay. I'm scrappy. Okay. I, um, have done like some martial arts, okay. but not really wrestling. Okay. Um, and when I did martial arts, it was more for fitness, not okay. necessarily for comp- competing or okay. anything, you know. Um, Sweet. But I am scrappy, that's, so I feel like that's probably <laughs> that. That's, I feel, I feel like huge, that's better than, factor, than, than yeah, know? exactly. So it's like even though I, when I initially saw wrestling on the yes/no list, and I was like kind of averse to it like I wouldn't necessarily like back down from a real life wrestling match. I don't know, but (laughs) I, I'm scrappy. Um, so anyway, I go up and for, for the wrestling walk on and, um, I get in there and this dude is like definitely heavier than me, you know? And, um, and the other mistress was just like, all right, like take him out, Blythe. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, You know, he's there. He's like, you think
0: you could take me? Yeah,
7: yeah. He's there. He's, like, definitely underestimating me, you know, and and thinks that it's just going to be more playful.
9: Okay.
7: But as soon as it was time to go, I just, like, took him out. And I just, like, it's like I saw red. Like, I could not stop. And, like, the my internal monologue was just like you are not losing like you are like this is oh god so i was like maybe this is for me you know like because yeah. that was just like my immediate response was like no way i'm i'm gonna lose this wrestling.
0: <laughs> but i feel like anybody like if i'm booking a wrestling thing i'm like i feel like i want you to try to win you Yeah. Know? i
7: don't want i don't want you know i'm right. like
0: 100 you know? percent. yeah
7: yeah that's the i mean the fetish of it is mostly guys who are um submissive and enjoy being overpowered. Yeah. I'm about to get um, pinned and it's gonna be yes. great. Um know? who enjoy being choked, who enjoy being you know, um squeezed. <laughs> Should I just wrap the legs around hit it with the, yep. the crossbow. Yep. yeah. <laughs> um and and some of the wrestling guys are actual fighters too. Okay. And, and they train and they um and they're and, and like I'll see really big guys too who are actually just just really want me to choke them with my feet. <laughs> These big buff guys, and secretly they just they just want feet in their face, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is so adorable to me. I think you know, and um, and so they'll actually show me moves in the session and show me how to kick their ass better. Ooh, that's good. I know that's like such a win win win. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's I and I just like really took to it Uh, once I started. After
0: the first one, you're like. I got to I want to do that again. I like, we're added to the list immediately. So I
7: I changed it. I, um, changed my yes, no list, updated my, um, online yes, no list and stuff. And I started getting more wrestling sessions. I think just because I I do have like kind of an athletic build. And, um, I think that the sporty look just like looks good on me, you know? So I think, you know, once I started posting pictures, of you know, hot sports bra and the shorts and stuff. I think it just really worked for for me yeah. um, in terms of like marketing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think people saw it and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's it right there," you know. Um, <laughs> uh, so once that happened, I just started getting more and more wrestling sessions. And then someone finally told me about some wrestling platforms. Sweet. And I started advertising on on some specific wrestling platforms. And then it just really took off from there.
0: Do you feel like people, like, did anybody help you along the way starting out? Are you like simply no, by yourself doing so totally this? No, totally
10: by myself. Because the thing is now, now the girls have the girls have such, such a huge resource in Reddit, in Reddit communities, in online communities. That is the truth. When I was coming up, People used to say, the game is sold, not told. But, ah! And people used to hold that shit to their <laughs> fucking chest.
0: I, interview, and, that's a, I interviewed somebody. It's has a true. Couple, She fucking said that same it, thing. The
10: industry has changed. It's true. People used to have to work really hard. You used to have to pull it out of people, beg, and do all this stuff to try to find anything. And people wouldn't tell you, you either worked very closely under someone who managed you and you just stole all of their shit, everything that they did and just jumped ship for yourself and worked independently and they will be super mad about it. Yeah. Or you just learned through trial and error, which is like, I guess how I learned how to do things was like a combination of both.
0: Okay. Um.
10: There are girls now who it's kind of crazy that they even have this amazing resource. um. But it's like, and then the community is amazing too, because- People, I've seen people try to fucking monetize this shit in the past. And um, the Reddit community is amazing because people agree, we don't monetize this shit. This is for the safety of our entire community. This is for the, like, betterment of our entire community. Like, people need to know this. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna make you pay 10 for a book about this shit. Like, we're sharing this advice freely online. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, now if you were a sex worker who are, you're turning, like, 21 and you're deciding to get into sex work, like I was, you have an entire playbook. If I would have had Reddit... When I was 21, I fully believe I would be a millionaire because you can just literally work your small job that you're working, save up the money to do launch yourself as correctly as supposed to, and then you can not miss a beat from there. I mean, yeah. our little sisters have benefited from what we have sacrificed, but I didn't. No one taught me shit. I had to make mistakes.
0: That's why I always think about like to like if you were to go back to like before the internet or like before couldn't
10: make it before the internet. Those completely.
0: the people that worked. Fucking 30 years ago.
10: I couldn't make it. I, I don't know. Because I, I, I listen to older girls tell me about it, older women or older people and they're like... They, people didn't even know what they were getting. They would just be like, hey, can I have a blonde, a 5'10 blonde or like a blonde, like a taller blonde? You didn't know. You truly didn't know. Yeah. Even for the consumer, you didn't know what you were getting. And the girls didn't know what they were getting. Um, But then also the girls didn't... The internet, truly, when the internet... When people... Tech smartphones really are what did it. Yeah. When everyone had a smartphone in their hand, it made it feasible to market yourself and brand yourself and do your back page, really is what happened. Like, oh, I can just for five bucks or one buck or zero bucks just post pictures of myself and people say, hey, I will come give you money for sex. Yeah. That completely was the beginning of the end of the age of the pimp.
0: What's your experience been as a minority in sex work?
10: Well, oh my God, do you want to talk about it? The world is racist, and sex work is racist. There are two parts, the clients and the other sex workers that you work with. Have anything to say about that? Sound like you want to say something? Go ahead. Heard your mouth open a little bit.
0: No, I agree. I, I agree with you. I mean, I see lots of, like, when I first started doing this whole thing, you know, is, like, this whole no AA is a huge thing. I don't know how it it's is racist. in Chicago.
10: Listen, it is. Listen, anyone who says that they want to blanket um anyone based on race, I've seen no AA, and I've seen no Indian. I will give one excuse to any of these rules, right? Okay. There was a time when, I mean, I can't even avoid it now because people my age are, we're not young anymore. People are starting to make money and be able to have disposable income. But when I was younger, I did, I definitely, I never put no AA in my thing, but I was we- very, like, leery of seeing people who were. Could possibly be in my immediate social circle.
0: Okay, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so,
10: so that's the thing. Like, ah, it has nothing to do with your race. It really has to do with do I know you?
0: That makes. I mean, do
10: we? Do we how many degrees of separation are we away? Yeah. But some people will literally just do no a. And then some black girls, too. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's
0: like, oh it's, not a, it's not a white thing. It's like, I'll see all races. It's
10: because racism is not limited to white people. We have all been fucked up subconsciously by racism. Every person on the face of the planet Earth. That is just the facts the situation. My thing is that if you, girl, if you have had any black bad clients from a certain demographic, you need to do better screening. That's it. I don't have bad clients. I do not. I I may have had some mildly annoying clients, yeah. but they're few and far between. I don't have bad clients because I don't do bad screening. Everyone does not have the. I understand that I have an inordinate amount of privilege, and that I am able to choose. But if you are in a position where you're you've been able to choose, and you just are attributing that to the clients, I think you should look in the mirror and like, maybe you aren't choosing clients that work best for you, and if, yeah. maybe that has nothing to do with race. You know?
0: what's it's funny, I interviewed this lady, it's only on Patreon, but she said that the only reason that she, cause she is like, I don't t- I don't see black dudes, but she's like, the only reason is it's because of the dick thing. And I'm like, what? Racist!
10: Racist! And you know what? Everyone asked me about black dudes' dicks. And I fucked a lot of people, okay? I'm gonna say it. I fucked all sorts of dudes from all sorts of races. I'm an ethically ambiguous person. I have a broad racial appeal. I fucked a bunch of different people. Big dicks are given out randomly throughout the population. There is no race that has more big dicks. If you think that, I'm so sorry, but you need to take a look in the mirror. That is a subconscious form of internalized,
0: like, fucking racism. Well, also, porn doesn't help with that shit because every every black dick you see in porn is a goddamn forearm. But
10: think about it. Porn is very irresponsible. Yeah. Porn, porn... Is responsible for the proliferation of a bunch of stereotypes that are inherently dangerous. Yeah, um, porn has kind of single-handedly like fucked up sex for an entire generation. There's yeah. so many people who want to fuck you doing things that are like, this is not good, dude. It just maybe looks good on camera, but we're not recording. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That it, that happens. And so, it
0: might be a thing that happens and it's like immediately, as soon as that cut scene's cut, you're like, oh God, let's fucking get out of this position. No,
10: that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like a lot of things people do are things that are like, this looks great on camera, but it's not feasible in real life. Yeah. But people, because they're being trained in sex via porn, they see that and they think this is how it is. And that's why people think all black dudes have big dicks. Here's the thing. All dudes, most dudes don't have big dicks. Most dudes have average dicks. Big dicks are given out at random to, like, 15% of the population. We're just as surprised as you whenever we find out someone has a big dick. And they're always, honestly, given to people who are, like, awkward and weird. So, I'm (laughs) so... And then that's okay. But the thing is, it's not black guys. Please stop. Being obsessed with the black dick. No one's obsessed with black dick except for, like, people who aren't black.
0: I know, right? It's so
10: weird. It really is a thing. It's very weird. And then the people who think it's real. What? I just don't know. It's racist.
0: I even think it's funny when it's like BBC and it's like a dildo. And I'm like, that's not even, you know,
10: people like the, the color of the dildo. No, I, fa- I found that people who are not a certain color do like the color contrast.
0: Okay. I can, okay. I, yeah, I get that. So
10: I understand the color contrast, but size, come on. Randomly generated by some simulation. Anyone can have a big dick. Yeah. A- anyone can have a big dick. Anyone can have a small dick. Doesn't matter the race. And you can be a bad client. You can be a good client. doesn't matter the race. You need to find that out for yourself. Don't stereotype.
0: How is it so being trans, right? And having to like, yeah. I guess, like hyper feminize yourself, right? Hmm. I, I guess I would think of like Elliot Page, you uh-huh. know, in terms of acting where like he has to I don't know if he's play in female roles at all but like
11: i think still in 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 the superhero show i don't remember what it's called i've never seen it x-men or something maybe uh uh i think the umbrella academy I think okay oh yeah yeah he's he's in that um and he plays uh had been playing a female character in that and last i heard he was still slated to keep playing as that character but that yeah
0: how is how is i guess how how is that i guess to where it caused
11: a lot of dysphoria it caused a a a, sort of like a canyon formed in me and it was just like there's me here and there's kind of me over here but i don't quite recognize kind of me so it just became like i would come back from a session or from having had a date and like go to take my makeup off and just have to look at myself in the mirror and be like what are you doing like it just it felt it didn't feel not to the degree of like a a, having a costume on but it, it felt like it felt like i had to be two people constantly yeah. which is a struggle that i didn't anticipate or really experience up to that point cuz like obviously you 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 don't have you don't use your real name you know you make up stories about where you work or who your friends are and you know maybe you don't say you have partners cuz people get insecure about that so you you do have to create a second second persona to a degree but that i felt like there were just there had i had to be two separate places and two different people at once. And it became really exhausting to do that. But then I did briefly try to be out as trans through my work and that went terrible. So I was like, okay, well I can't do this because there's def- there's a market for sure. Like there are absolutely trans sex workers. There's a-, there's a lot of trans sex workers, but that they absolutely deal with more abuse. They deal with more violence. And it's just a lot more like you just have to fight for pennies You know, people sort of people view you being trans openly as as like a like a like a sexual disadvantage, sort of like, well, you're not as appealing as some of the other providers I've seen. So, like, I'm going to lowball you. I'm going to I'm going to toss you around for scraps, basically, just like, you know, shake the last little bit of fight out in you and then get you to undersell yourself. And then, like, it's just it gets it gets really tiring. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I, I don't think I can survive like this. So,
0: what, uh, why'd you leave sex work? How, what was the exit? What's the exit look like?
11: Slow and painful. It's just like over, over COVID and then after, um, FOSTA SESTA, things got hard. Community became harder to access. And it wasn't even that easy for me in the be you know, to begin with, but that it just, it felt like so many things were stacked against sex workers all throughout over the past three four years but that like especially in the market of illegal sex work it became really difficult to sort of just keep your head above water and there'd be periods of like i i made just before in january january of this this year uh in 1 month i think i made like 1700 dollars in cash within the span of like 3 weeks and then not a dime since so it was just like it it was too sporadic for me to cause okay. like i had been sustaining myself with sex work as my primary income up to this point and it got to a point where i could no longer do that and i'm like well if i can no longer do that i don't know what to do because this yeah. is what i've been doing since i was 18 and i have changed so much since then and like i just don't know what i What am I going to do? So I had like a panic and a freak out moment. And then I was just like, it's just, just get a corporate job. Just go back, get a square job, make money, support yourself, and then have some time to rest and think like you can't be constantly broke and struggling and also trying to get your life together. So yeah, I just, I did that. It was like, it's, it's been, it sucks. It sucks having a schedule now. Cause like, (laughs) yeah, I, I, feel like a lot of sex workers can relate who've exited the industry and who are still in it like you get hooked on the chaos you definitely get you love the high highs and you hate the low lows but that like it's the constant up and down don't know what's going to happen today it's like it's exciting you know nerve-wracking but exciting but that kind of activity doesn't lend itself to having an addictive personality and trying to steer away from that and like lean into my responsible side so I do miss it. I miss a lot of aspects of it, good and bad, but that like I needed to take a while to just be regular and have a dog and get a job and have a sleeping schedule and like, you know, make money like a regular person. Like, I need to be regular for a while.
4: So, I had a client break his dick. (laughs)
0: Lead <laughs> lead with the heavy hitter. We already know what this story is about to be about.
4: Um, I can just see all the dudes listening, like grabbing their crotch, like, oh my god. Wow. Um, now, before we begin, I just want to be very, very clear that I am not responsible. This was not my fault. This was on him. Okay. So, anywho, <sighs> great date. We went on a dinner date. Everything was going well, amazing, phenomenal. Um, and you know, things are getting hot and heavy <laughs> and at one point, <laughs> I don't know how like graphic I can get
0: <laughs> the, the people, of the podcast, they like to hear everything, you know? So, so
4: at one point he's got me now, <laughs> mind you, this is like, and I adore him. I adore him so much. He's like five foot nine very thin white guy like I jokingly like to say his waist is like the circumference of one of my ass cheeks (laughs) (laughs) and he loves it like he loves it he's like so he's we're we're in doggy (laughs) he's having a good time I'm having a good time I feel him pull out and then he goes to like you know he's like I just remember being like stay still he's got like my hair in one hand and hand on the shoulder and then he goes to like just ram it back in and next thing i know i feel something like hit the bottom of my pubic bone and all i hear is like oh fuck and then i turn and look behind me and like he looks like a man who is turning into a zombie and or a (laughs) vampire he's like all convulsing and stuff (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> and like i kind of had an idea already like i did not i didn't need google or anything but i had a good idea and he's like cr- like crying and stuff and i <laughs> like i take the flashlight from my phone just to double check and i'm like oh my god i now know why they use the eggplant emoji because that shit went from like zero to 100 real quick oh, and i was like shit. And mind you, he's given me permission to share this story, but um, I'm going to give him a fake name. I was like, Todd, because <laughs> that's the name I use for like everyone. <laughs> um, I was like, Todd, we totally need to get you to the hospital. He's like, no, no, everything will be fine. I was like, dude, you broke your dick. If we don't get you to the hospital and they don't treat this within 24 hours, you could have scar tissue. Your dick could be totally like pointing in the wrong direction. You could never have kids. Like, it's a big deal. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. So it's like 1.30 in the morning <laughs> and I drive him to the ER. I go and park and go into the ER knowing full well we're in the middle of the pandemic and they're probably not going to let me in. They don't. Um, but luckily he's single, single client. So he had that. That control. would have, that would
0: have been ooh.
4: right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so lo and behold, the urologist comes in. They're like, yeah, dude, you have to have surgery. So he, that was at like three o'clock in the morning when they told him that. He was in surgery by 5 a.m. out by 7.30 in the morning. What? I was like, yeah. And like I Googled how they do that surgery. Gentlemen, don't Google it if you ain't ready for that. <laughs> wow. It's pretty intense. And like. Because I'm a nice person. I was like, look, holler if you need anything whatsoever. I'll come pick you up. I'll do that whole whatever. And so like I had someone come take me like I got an Uber and I took like got their keys, took their car like back to their place and then like pick them up and Yeah, I just super nice that day. Like, got them back at home and like, cause they were too embarrassed to tell anybody and all that jazz and like got them set up, got them groceries and like got them good to go. That's sweet. That's sweet. And he, they were like, bro, you have a six week recovery. So he booked me (laughs) for like two weeks after his recovery is over. (laughs) So I'll probably see him like next month or June.
0: Okay. So this is still ongoing. This is, this is recent.
4: Like he's, I think he's in the last week or two of his healing.
0: Okay. Cause I was about to be like, how's the dick now? But I mean, we're gonna, to I'm not gonna
4: out. lie. I asked him to send me a photo. It looks 10 times better. So, 10 times better. And it shoots straight now. Before he had a little curve to the left, and now it's like straight.
0: <laughs> now people are getting ideas like, should we all be doing this? <laughs> I mean, if you have health insurance and you can afford it, why not fall? Take fall
4: on it so, oh my god but Make i go. just want to be very clear this was not my fault i stayed still like i was told to do
0: yeah this is doggy how is that how would it be i mean maybe <laughs> if you're really backing it up hard but this guy fucking pulled out and went fucking full throttle bro
4: yeah so i mean i don't think anyone else had that on their bingo card for 2021 so i officially win whatever there is to win
0: had that trophy to the shelf Dick breaker.
4: That's wonderful. <laughs> it was so funny because I asked him, I said, Todd, can I, can I tell my friends about this? And he's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and so I told one of my friends and she took one of my photos and then put like mother or like mother of hearts slayer of penises has like <laughs> over it. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't stand any of y'all.
0: It's funny, like I remember also it's it's funny like the shit you remember, like when you talk to somebody and so I remember you mentioning like basically you're like there's this thing called the hoarchy or hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how like exactly what you said, but you're like it's like basically, you know, sex workers like looking down on other sex workers that work differently mm-hmm. than they do or perhaps do more than they do. Yeah. And I I remembered that, right? But I didn't really, you know, think of it much more than that. Like I But then once I started doing the podcast or interacting with more people or like once I got Twitter, you really see it and you're like, holy shit, it's a fucking real thing. It's a Uh, real thing
9: for sure.
0: How do you how do you feel about that? Like has that, you know, affected you at all? What like why do you think it's there in the first place?
9: Oh man. I mean, I think it's there because it's been such a shamed like being a sex worker is such a shamed position to be in at any point. You know, like that's why you see all these TikToks where like bitches have to show like them holding a fucking huge stack of ones as a phone or like, you know, like we have to reason our job with like making obscene amounts of money or people like don't get it. And it like yeah. makes us question like how good we are at it. Like, like it's such a bad job that you need, like you have to make so much money. And I kind of hate that. Cause I'm like, see, that's bullshit though. Cause like you do make good money. Sure. You're working very, very hard. Like I'm, pr- i pretty sure most times it like evens the fuck out with the amount of work you're putting in. But um sometimes you don't make like $1,200, 1500 1800 And you don't make it every fucking night anywhere. Like whenever a bitch opens with that, I'm like, you are fucking toxic in this room right now. Whenever I hear, oh, I went to so-and-so and I made $2,000 a night every night. Don't fucking talk to me.
12: Yeah. Absolutely not.
9: Because even if you were there for like a three-day weekend, you made two grand every night. Okay, I get it you average six grand a week. Like there's a fucking difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so new girls hear this shit. And so then they start to think like, oh fuck, Um, you know, everyone already like hates me anyway. And if I'm not making 1200, 1500, $1,800 a night, like these other girls are saying they are, then I'm shit at this. I'm not sexy. And then like, it gets so much easier to fit into that stereotype of like the fucked up shipper who's wasted or who's on, you know what I mean? Like, it's so much, it gets, it's like all one big fucking circle. But, you know, I think like religion has a lot to do with it. I think a lot of uh, Catholic women are dancers. Uh, A lot of women who like have some sort of faith in something or dancers, like it doesn't, which surprised me. I would think it wouldn't kind of go hand in hand with sex work. But I think that does a big deal of it. Like you're doing like you're dancing on guys, but you're not doing this. Like you're allowed to have whatever boundaries you fucking want. The issue for me is like when you shame other women for working differently or doing more and you don't realize how that's not the same as like uh, or that it's the same as like a lawyer female talking down on strippers just in general. You know what I mean? Like. We already have so much of that shit. We're, like, barely getting through it right now. I just, it really pisses me off to hear it. I try to handle it. Me and a lot of, like, older dancers recognize it, try to handle it with grace. But especially when they start talking shit about prostitutes as a whole, that's when I, like, really fucking lose it. Because I feel like it's such a privileged, and not even privileged in that, like, there. I know there are some prostitutes that literally had no other option, right? Like that's just what they had to do to make money. They didn't necessarily want to do it. And they had to cross their boundaries in order to make this cash. So for you to be like this 22 year old white girl, and it's always only from white women also, only, only white women, 110% young white women. And so when I hear that, I'm like, wow, how privileged, like you'd never have had to like fucking write a whole new set of boundaries for yourself just in order to like make money, to put food on the table. But there's also prostitutes that like love doing it. You know what I mean? Like there also is just like people, like I feel like you have to fit in this category of like being super sad or like in this super stressed situation, like I had money in the bank when I became a dancer. I just wanted to fucking do it. You know, like yeah, it's not always this like terrible situation but I do think that when the terrible situations are a reality a lot of it has to deal with like the fucking pressure that gets put and the shame that gets put on sex workers in general. So I think it's just them not knowing, but good well enough. I think it's like a red flag that they might need some help later on. I think it's like something to watch. Cause that shit is like the shit that'll get you fired or fucking arrested.
12: Oh, like some yeah. bitches
9: are like real snitches out here, you know, like oh, shit. for real. Yeah. So you've got to be like, really cautious with bitches like that but yeah it sucks i think it's and it's so so rampant and if and like how dare how dare we as like we're like in this fucking brick and mortar building of like money where we just get to come and dance in a safe place with security guards and all this shit like you think any of this would exist without fucking prostitutes (laughs) you know what i mean like no like how dare you (laughs) you wouldn't be in a safe space to be able to make money for your family in the way that you do without them 100%. So just shut the fuck up. None of your fucking business. You don't want to be a prostitute. Go outside and don't be one.
0: Yeah. Like, well, like this sh- keeping shame on people that do that's like, what are you doing? Like,
9: but I mean, people who do that though, feel shamed. So I get it. Like, that's why it's kind of like, I just sit back. I keep my space. I don't work with them. And I just kind of make sure that they're going to be all right too. Cause a lot of times when you have these like really, really strict morals, those are the girls or like not strict morals, but like, these ideas without a whole lot of experience that shit can fuck you up like you can make some really bad decisions very quickly on that train of thought so I think it's also just like watching out for girls too like I've definitely like pulled a girl like sat at the table with a new girl and had some guy who like you totally knew like this guy one guy in particular totally knew the game he was like in like a gray sweatsuit, he from Miami, like gold chains, he was like 55, 56, he was just, you know, a piece of fucking garbage, and he looked at me, and he was like, he had been talking to this girl for a while, I got on stage, he took me, I sat with him, he looked at me, he was like, see, um, I still kind of like her more though, because for you, I'd have to pay you a thousand, but for her, I'd only have to pay like four hundred dollars. Yeah. And now that's where I got to wear a condom. Like that's what he just said to me, like right when I sat down. Damn. And I looked at this girl and I was like, yo, come on. We should like like it was like no reaction whatsoever. I was just like, You like I knew this girl in particular had just gotten hired. I had talked to her, but like she was not ready for this particular type of customer. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I was like, We're getting the fuck like I just like literally was like, Come on, let's go. <laughs> So there's definitely been like situations where like I can see it's like oh fuck like this girl is not way over her head, and I've like saved some of the some of the assholes that have those opinions, but and they end up usually coming around, and everybody ends up usually like coming to be like minded eventually. But yeah, it's like a it's like a sickness in the sex industry, especially when you're new, especially when you dance because it's just like you just take it for granted. You don't even think about the origins of it, how it started, like what actually it means to be a sex worker you know yeah
0: do you feel like this is kind of like sort of related I guess but in panty selling do you feel like more so the persona like people are buying panties from a specific persona yeah more so than like i like the panties like like if i'm like i'm buying panties specifically from you because i like you versus i like your butt and them panties like do you think do you think do you think it's a persona more so than the panties
12: well there there's different levels to it so guys buy panties for different reasons i'd say that you know there's there's buyers that want to wear the panties, right? And then there's buyers that want to sniff the panties and use them in their, you know, alone time, right? <laughs> um so those are two different guys, right, to to be <laughs> selling to. So the guys that want to wear the panties, they will be more interested in what the panties look and feel like and how, you know, what size they are than a guy that just wants to sniff them because they're yours, right? So that's what I try and and teach sellers. It's like, guys aren't buying panties, right? It's not about the panties because you could just buy women's panties on Amazon, right? Or something like that. They're buying them because they're your panties. And so your job is not to sell the panties. It's to sell you, right? It's to sell you in a way that buyers make an intimate connection with you that makes them know, like, and trust you and therefore want to enjoy a sensory experience that, you know, came from you, right? That's what this whole thing is about. So, yeah, I see sellers like try and sell the panties themselves and they're like, oh, it's a size this and it's this color. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not it. That's not what is ultimately going to make the connection. The connection and the sale is being made on an emotional and, you know, sexual sort of connection between the two of you but you know there's um there's vending machines allegedly I mean that's the urban legend isn't it there's vending machines in Japan where gentlemen can purchase and it's like meant to be you know schoolgirl panties or or, or women of age but you know like young things right um And so, you know, there's an argument there, like that they're purchasing them through a vending machine. They don't know who they're coming from, but in their mind, they will create a story that accompanies those panties. But yeah, I can't see that really kicking off over here. Like that's definitely a Japanese thing, I think. But yeah, it's all about you. The second part of it as well is that, you know, feedback that I've had from buyers is that when the panties arrive and they're enjoyed, you know, that's that's fine. But actually the whole pleasure experience of buying panties begins at the point that you're looking for the women, right? So, you know, imagine yourself right now, you've just logged onto Panty Deal and you're looking for a woman to purchase panties from. I'm, you know, I'm not a man obviously, but I'm imagining that the sensory pleasure begins at that point right it's like oh i'm about to buy a woman's underwear and i don't know which one it is but you know look at her she's hot and look at her she's hot and all that kind of thing so you know it's it's also about recognizing that it's from the moment they log into a platform that they will already be turned on By the whole process of purchasing right so it's not just when the panties arrive on their doorstep it's everything that you know is included up until that point you know sex work obviously anybody that works in this industry knows just how difficult it is to operate on you know anywhere like even accepting payments because it's so frowned upon that you know we've got very narrow parameters in which to try and operate without getting shut down. Because you know, I just had my thirteenth PayPal account closed <laughs> because you know it's just sex work is, is it's just not accepted anywhere. It's really tricky.
0: It's uh it's truly incredible. Like I know after the. The, uh, there's an article in the New York times about Pornhub in December and then like Visa and MasterCard, uh, dropped, like basically nobody could use Visa or MasterCard on Pornhub. PayPal had already like not allowed payments on Pornhub. I think, I don't think American express or discover does as well. And it's like for a lot of other websites as well, where they're cracking down on like sex workers or like, you can, you can do sex work, but only within these parameters that we a corporation find, like, socially acceptable yep. will take your money, but anything outside of that realm, they're like, nope, uh, you can't do that. It's crazy, like, how these, like, big, like, corporations that, I like, basically control your money kind of, like, almost try to dictate content as well or what's socially acceptable in yep. their eyes as a corporation.
12: And, you know, not to go too left field on you, but I feel like that's really – only going to get worse as time goes on you know the the beginning of community guidelines on all of these massive corporate platforms is the beginning of that kind of you know um you can't say this you can't do that and if you do then you know the next day no more payments for you or you know you don't get to post anymore so yeah it's uh, it's toxic and it's really tricky but you know one thing that you can rely on with sex workers is that they're very very fucking clever at trying to find ways to you know flout the rules and make money and get away with it
13: <laughs> honestly you're probably going to get the most honest answer by me saying that, like, I started before I was 18. Okay. Yeah. Um, I basically would trade, like, blowjobs for, like, rides and shit. Okay. And getting me meals and stuff. Like, if I wanted a favor from somebody, yeah, that's what I did. Then after I turned 18, I actually started, like, doing a bit of porn for somebody, And those videos are actually still on sale on my clip sites. Like the ones that are from me, like at 18 are still on sale. I'm going to retire them eventually once I have a shitload more content. But yeah. And then I started sugaring and tried uh, seeking arrangements. I actually ended up going on a couple dates uh my favorite though was this one guy that i think he was just doing this as dating practice really actually yeah because we spent like three hours we walked on the seawall and in vancouver uh beautiful beautiful things the seawall and we walked the seawall he just talked um the guy had a stutter so i think he was trying to get himself like psyched to talk to women and not be so self-conscious about the stutter
0: that's what's up that's nice
13: yeah and uh he took me to lunch everything was great he paid me afterwards it was great like i miss that dude so much
0: (laughs) (laughs) how did you like sugaring
13: oh god uh that was the only like good date i had (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) yeah seeking arrangements is a sass pool and funny enough there was there was another site that you got paid to go on dates with and i actually ended up seeing my ex's dad on there so i immediately like went nope never going back there again (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah i don't even remember what site i'm on so i'm just like no never going back no 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 no
0: (laughs) How did you decide to go from, like, sugaring to I want to get into companionship? What did that kind of, like, I guess, look like, that change?
13: Uh, that change was me just kind of getting over myself and being like, it's okay to fuck people for money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
13: <laughs> that was really it. it. Was I was, like, scared and shit. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know. Is this going to be weird? And then I eventually did my first... uh date and i was like oh oh that was like easy
0: (laughs) yeah do you feel like there was like a learning curve or like a waiver period at the beginning when you're like just not good is that god i feel like
13: i'm still in it like i see people marketing themselves as like the blowjob queen and shit and i'm like god i don't think i can advertise as something like that like oh my god (laughs) i feel like i'm constantly learning
0: you gotta put it in the reps that's the reps you know
13: (laughs) yeah and Just the thing about me is, like, even in my personal, like, sex life, I always want to be, like, the best somebody's had. And I feel like that's been part of my push to be in the work is, like, I want to make shit good for someone.
14: (laughs) So, pretty much my entire life, I just assumed that my way out of poverty, and it wasn't untrue at all, was to go into the white collar workforce, right? I mean, there, there are other avenues that fit for other people. For me, my skills, my personality, that made sense for me, right? So I got an accounting license, I worked my way up the corporate ladder in finance, and I was probably around the height of my career when I left. I mean, it wasn't anything bad that happened at work that caused me to leave. I was very fortunate. I, I love working in finance. I liked the work I was doing. I was doing well, my work was appreciated. I was actually up for partner, when I left and I developed clinical, real bad clinical depression. And it wasn't as far as I and my psychiatrist could tell caused by any specific environmental factor. It just kind of hit me, right? As, as depression commonly hits many, many people. And I had to take medical leave because I was unfit to deliver expert opinions, which was my job. Yeah, and I fortunately I took medical leave with full benefits and had a very supportive group of colleagues and boss and while I was on medical leave and as I started recovering and thinking more clearly it became real clear to me that I wasn't as able-minded and able-bodied as I was for the previous 15 years of my life and I didn't think that I was going to be able to maintain my mental health if I went back to the same hours and pace that I was working in finance. And so I started thinking through other options and I kind of came to one of two decisions, right? One would be, I would go back and I would have to work out some sort of flex working schedule. It's not great. It doesn't work super well in that industry. And my other option was to change careers into something that was a bit less time consuming and had better hours. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go option two, I probably want some additional financial cushion. And I also want to be able to feel productive. So while I was on medical leave, I started sugaring and I found that I really liked sex work. I was like, I'm good at this. I really enjoy it. I think I want to go pro. So I did it. And that was sort of, that was it. I never looked back. I still keep in touch with a lot of my old colleagues. It's actually been really great because I have friends now who are going the other direction where they're using sex work to fund a business degree or a law degree or education. And they come to me with certain questions and I'm like, Oh, I still have connections in the industry. So let me help you.
0: Hell yeah. That's awesome. Going into sex work, right? Are you like, cause right now you're saying like on your website, you know, like I speak multiple languages. I have interest in this. Were you always starting out? You're like, I'm going to make this Mia as true to myself as possible. or are you, I'm going to like, make a separate like kind of person or like how did you I guess decide and like because I feel like marketing is like it's like there's so many ways you can market yourself how did you decide like which way you wanted to go with it I guess
14: yeah absolutely so this is one area where I think working in finance perfectly prepared me to be the kind of escort that I wanted to be so I have the privilege of one sharing a lot of common interests and worldviews with my clients and to spending a lot of time with my clients in the business development capacity before I became an escort. So I looked at the clientele that I thought I would be best suited to serve and the clientele that I would most enjoy serving. And then I designed my, I reverse engineered my marketing to speak to that. So yes, my marketing is very, very true to me. There are certain identifiable details that have been changed, right? So yeah. Obviously, I'm not naming the companies I worked at. There are certain niche projects that I worked on in finance that I thought might identify me. So I changed the details of those. But otherwise, I'm fortunate not to have to market something that is not true to my authentic self. And because I'm lazy, it's less work for me. And I think I hope that clients also have a better experience because it's obviously more effortless to be yourself than somebody else.
0: Yeah, for sure. You don't have to lie about it. You're just like, I'm just speaking what I know. That's the easiest thing to do is talk about what you know, you know?
14: Absolutely. Yeah. And then I genuinely have an interest in a lot of the same things that my clients do, right? My, My favorite bookings are the ones where my clients and I have a very deeply intellectual conversation because that is my mode of attraction. I am very attracted to intellectualism and intellectual chemistry. So for a client to teach me about string theory, I have a client... With a PhD in physics uh, that now works in the quantitative finance field. And I asked him about his dissertation. I actually, because I had his information when I screened him, I actually pulled his dissertation and I was reading the abstract. And I was like, Do you mind if I ask you questions about your work on string theory? And he's like, You know, my friends told me that I was single because I went on dates and talked about my work and that I shouldn't do that. And I was like, Want to ask you questions about your dissertation, <laughs> and he eventually answered them. But that was funny.
0: I do probably love that. He's like, "Oh my god, someone's interested in what I'm interested about. We can talk about it, have this intellectual conversation." And as a beautiful lady, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is fucking dope. This is great."
14: Yeah, I love that.
0: what was your, I guess, like transition from just being a sugar baby? And like, I think I kind of want to make the move into like becoming a companion. How was that?
15: So when I was a sugar baby, I had a gentleman that I was with for about three and a half years on and off. And there were times where I didn't really have it all together financially. So when he left, it kind of left me in a deficit because I was just like, okay, now what? You know, I'm working at this job, I'm working at this 9 to 5, and it is not making me a lot of money where I can save or have any luxuries in life. He was giving me those luxuries, and he was allowing me to save. And when he left that final time, I just said, you know what? I have to find something else. So I went towards um, the rub. Community. Okay. So I was a rub girl. Okay. Was, oh, I'm still yeah. a rub girl. I love giving massages. I think that is the most sensuous part of sex work that I just...
0: Massages are great. Yeah. I've like said it before. A good massage will change your life. Yes. Shit.
15: Yes. And I have the milking and table, and it's... Just, oh, shit. It's so much fun. The milking table. <laughs> yes. It's so much fun. So... <laughs> So I was doing this, and then a good friend of mine told me like, oh, why don't you just join Companionship? Anyway, you're really dabbling. We're all in the same business. And I was like, I could do that. So um, when the pandemic hit and I wasn't doing massages anymore, I told her, I was like, okay, let's jumpstart this and let's make a website. That website took me two and a half months. But it paid off. Hell yeah! Do you feel
0: like the website helped? Like having a website helped your business? Oh
15: yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent.
16: Okay, I got one. I got one. I can't remember if I've told this story on my podcast, but I'll just tell it again. So, there's this guy, and oh, this guy—he texts like a like a maniac. Like you'd think that this man is—he's just not okay. He's just—he's so excited is the problem. He just—he loves me. He loves hookers. He's so excited. He loves threesomes. He texts me. He used to text me constantly. He's like, can you come out to see me and bring a friend? And he texts me this like once a week. He's just like over Once you. a week. <laughs> oh God, he's crazy. Like insufferable over text. But when you meet him in person, he's actually normal and nice. So I can deal with it. But the thing about this guy is he lives like two and a half hours away. He pays big bucks for me to gather my all my friends <laughs> and take <laughs> them out to this farm. So anyways, it happened to work out one day. So he's texting me. He wants me to bring a girlfriend out for a threesome, whatever. You know, the kids are at school. The wife was at work. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> and so it's like early spring. There's still a lot of snow on the ground. Turns out he's too paranoid. We can't go to his place, even though we usually just do it at his place. So we go to this like little farmhouse on this other property. And there is we go to the bathroom. There's no water. There's no power. OK, fine. Oh great. And then we're like, OK, where, where are we doing this? He takes us to this couch, Nana's couch. It was like an old lady couch. I'm like, oh, God, forgive me, Nana, for we are about to sin all over your couch. <laughs> and this guy is like so paranoid. We like get down to business. And yeah, we're like on this. Yeah. Like a farm. And he sees, well we all see a van start coming down the driveway and the driveway's super, super long. So it's me, this guy and my girlfriend. And I've never seen a grown man cry like that before, but man, it's oh, God. <laughs> it's burned in my memory forever. So this guy's freaking out. We're like, oh my God, what do we do? This is awkward. Uh, like we're all naked.
0: Is there any way to get out? Like or oh, oh. like is there is it a one way in, one way out kind oh, of situation? Oh
16: man, well he didn't know what whose van it was. So anyways, we like get some of our clothes on. Like I said it's early spring, so a lot of snow is still on the ground, so we go out like the side door or something. And so I don't have shoes on. None of us have shoes on. My girlfriend's titties are flapping in the prairie breeze. Okay. We're like running to go hide. We're running to go hide behind these, like like in the, in these trees. And it's like three feet of snow and we don't have shoes on. And my girlfriend, yeah, her titties are everywhere. (laughs) Oh my God. And this man's crying. He's like, oh my God, who is that? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. He's like crying, crouching in this bush. We're running through this field. Jesus Christ. And then the van just turns around. (laughs) laughter <laughs> So, yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, that was fun.
0: <laughs> Did the date continue? Was he like, oh, we're good now? Or was he like just so freaked out? He's like, we gotta, there's no way I'm getting a boner. Like, what's,
16: oh, uh, I don't think he could get a boner. I don't think we continued. I think he yeah. was like, fuck that. This guy's already so paranoid. Like, no, he couldn't. And I was so mad. I was like, how the fuck are you going to do that to me? You owe me money for that. That's traumatizing. I need to talk <laughs> yeah, to my therapist dude. now. I thought your wife was coming to beat us or something. God. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't even know what the van was doing, but yeah, it just turned around. And it's like so weird because where we were like it's, it's just farm. There's not a lot of houses, nothing. Like I like what were these people doing? It was so strange, but That's
0: so weird. Yeah.
16: Yeah. Damn. So yeah. <laughs> Love that. It's good
0: it wasn't his wife though. That's that's definitely positive.
16: Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Well, one time this he's like, "Oh, you should have a threesome with me and my wife." And I'm like, "Uh, okay. turns out he was pretending that his wife was another escort that I'm now really good friends with. And I'm like, I would have known that it wasn't your (laughs) wife, you noodle head. Like, what the hell?
0: It's not (laughs) like you would have talked to her at some point.
16: (laughs) I know. I'm like, whatever. You can pretend that she's your wife. I get it. It's fine. But you're not fooling me. I literally fuck on your bed and stare at your wife's face on the headboard because there's a family picture there.
1: Yeah.
16: <laughs> like, I know what your wife looks like. <laughs> he,
0: like, gets your wedding band to wear. He's like, wear this. this oh, is gonna... he
16: would. He, yeah. No, he loves this <laughs> lady so much. Oh, my God. My friend. Yeah. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just living the fantasy for an hour at a time.
0: <laughs> Working as a driver, being a client, do you feel like you've learned anything about yourself through this at all?
17: I think that's, uh, yeah, I mean... It's it's taught me to be a little more comfortable with myself, probably, and that you know, there's nothing wrong with exploring like what you're into, I guess, or what kind of things you're, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with being horny, <laughs> even honestly, yeah, or yeah, I think I think it's taken some courage to get into that a bit, uh, into that world, some, but I think I've learned more just to kind of be more comfortable with myself and. I think I've learned that I don't have to hold everything in and, you know, that having a need for intimacy or a need for companionship or even a need to just fuck is real and it's there and it's human. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to torture yourself with porn in a room. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, can, you can go out there and get that need, whether it's a companion or otherwise, you know, yeah, it's out there and there's great people offering service to yeah, it's wonderful. It's amazing. It's a great, it's a great industry. Yeah, you know? it's it is. I mean, I think, and it's it's taught me from both perspectives, of driving and as a client, like to appreciate the person even more offering those services. Yeah,
0: because it's like somebody, somebody that makes you feel good. I'm like, that's a, it's an amazing thing.
17: Like, yeah, that's dope.
0: Like making people happy. Like
17: what? I mean, not everybody is in. I just you know. Whether it's because of our past or or things we're dealing with, not everybody's kind of in that headspace to work towards a relationship or something, you know. Yeah. With a civilian. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's it's a great it's a great resource. No, I, I definitely agree. Yeah.
0: Do you view sex work any differently now? Do you view it any differently than you did before? Before all of this started, do you, do you think?
17: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the uncomfortable truth is that the, if you don't know anything about the industry, or your only um, information comes from media, I guess, or TV shows, or whatever, it's a different, it's a very skewed uh, point of view yeah. for how it really is. I mean, there is a lot of reasons to do it, and there is a lot of reasons to to decide to make a living doing whether it's like cam work or or stripping or sex work. I mean. So I think driving especially gave me that that point of view a bit more for yeah. the provider. Or yeah. or just seeing that, like I said, it could be very professional and it's a job. Yeah. It's a fucking job. Yeah. You know?
0: Do you have any advice? Like, I know someone's listening to podcasts right now. They've never seen a sex worker in person. Maybe they want to do it. Do you have any advice for that person?
17: I got a few things. Okay. Okay, wash your ass.
0: Wash your ass.
17: Wash your ass,
0: dude. <laughs> and your dick.
17: But especially your dick. <laughs> Scrub it down. Just be. But I think I think being thoughtful of that the other person in this appointment, this arrangement is a big deal. Don't be weird if you can help it. <laughs> yeah. Being professional helps a lot. Probably I think if you are a positive client, you're going to have a positive experience too. is a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's just how any line of work is. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, if you go into – I feel like so many things, if you go into it with a positive attitude, you're going to have most likely the shit you put out is reflected, I think. I think in, that's true. So.
17: So, I think, yeah, I mean, just being cool and and also, yeah, treating it like less of a transaction and more of an experience, you
0: know. Yeah.
17: And I think the last – my last tidbit really was is don't beat yourself up for seeing – A sex worker. Don't think it's. Don't give yourself a hard time. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good. I don't. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, don't. There's no. There's nothing wrong with it. No. But I think it's easy to kind of add some level of shame to it, but there's none. Because chances are, some of that's going through your head that you're you're going to project that onto the other person. Yeah. I feel like would be inevitable. Yeah. And so don't don't be hard on yourself about
0: it. Yeah, just enjoy yourself, dude. That's—I feel like that's one of the things, like, because I talk to you about seeing people, and like, you know, sometimes I'd be like, man, it didn't go how I wanted, and that's because I would just be in my head, and I remember you would be like, bro, just have, like, have fun, bro. What are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah, like, have fun, dude. Like, yeah, if you <laughs> like, if you two in your head, just like fucking relax. Like, it's going to be a good time. Yeah,
17: like, especially yeah, I mean, a lot of these—they're professionals. They, they've seen a lot. They've been with. With different people, and and they're gonna do their best usually to make you comfortable with them and yeah. happy. So,
0: and if it's like, they like you to
17: come back. Probably, don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. Repeat
0: business is one of Like, don't be not being a dick will get you so far.
17: Yeah, it's awesome. Speed ice. Yeah.
18: Well, I started with stripping. Um, that was like my first foray into any kind of sex work. And uh, it found me, really. I, I knew I wanted to do it. I didn't really pursue it, but I was dancing. I went to college and I was dancing at an event. And this, this woman or like a, another student who was a couple of years older than me came up to me and was like, hey, you need to teach me to dance like that. And I was just like, yeah, sure. Anytime. When do you want to do it? And she's like, well, my audition is in like a week. So do you want to come over this week? Actually, why don't you just come audition with me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. What are we auditioning for? And it turned out to be a strip club about 45 minutes away from the college.
0: That's amazing.
18: Yeah. And so that's what, and I, I got in and they um, passed, the, passed whatever sort of
6: <laughs> test they had
18: for me. And it was, it was wild. It was such an incredible experience. And I think there I learned, I learned a lot. I learned a lot stripping I learned a lot about boundaries I learned a lot about how all the isms of the world like sexism heterosexism racism capitalism like all intersect there in such a visible way it was it was a lot and I really but I had fun I love dancing and I I kind of I was in a lot of sociology classes so I took it as kind of a research experiment and it was really
0: fun how did you, so you go from like, you know, you're like dancing at college, like somebody's like, hey, will you go do this? You want to do this audition with me? Were are you like familiar with strip clubs? So do you like, are you like, I guess not frequenting strip clubs? Cause everyone in college, no one has money like that, but it's like, are you familiar mm-hmm. with strip club culture? Do you, have you been in strip clubs like that? Do you have like a background of dance? How was that like, tr- like going into dancing? How'd you, how was that? I guess.
18: Um, I have n- not I don't have a background in dancing, I guess is what I'll say. Um, I I enjoy dancing. I always have danced. I did a little bit of dancing in middle school with like a troupe, I guess. But it was just like a weird little after school thing. And I wasn't good at choreography. I'm still working on that, to be (laughs) honest. (laughs) And uh, I was so much better freestyling and... I, yeah, when I'd never been to a strip club, I was all of 19 when I walked into the club as, um, for my audition. So, and in Wisconsin, which is where the club, the clubs where I auditioned were, you can't, you have to be 21 to enter. So you can be 18 and work there, but you have to be 21 to enter as a patron. And so I couldn't even have gone in as a patron if I wanted to um, because I wasn't of age. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so I started at at 19. I was so nervous. I was so scared. But I guess I, this is a fun sex worky story. Um, I, my first day I go and it's, it's like an old single stage, single pole club. Um, a little bit of a dive and I kind of, I have a sweet spot in my heart for these places and that we had to play money off the jukebox. There wasn't a DJ. Oh wow. Um, There was no bouncer. And we, so we selected, we like paid for our own music, selected the music, and then would go up on the stage and it was my first, my first night, my trial night. And they were like, you can, you just dance tonight. We'll, um, you keep whatever tips you make, but we're not, you don't get the base pay. Cause at this point we got base pay and I get up there like you go first. So never having been in a strip club, never seeing anyone else go first, um, not knowing what the fuck I was doing. They, I went up first. And did my thing and it was fun. It was fine. I was shaking. I was scared. But it was it was fun. I just like did my thing.
0: That and... that's all I feel like that's so hard to do. Like going first in so many things is like especially like this is your first time in like in this trip club, never danced before, and then they're like, Hey, why don't you go first? I feel like that's so that'd be so hard to do.
18: Oh yeah. And then my like I also didn't even really get a good feel for the club of like what kind of music does everyone like here and so my queer ass was playing like Tegan and Sarah, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure I played some Outcast. I don't even know. I was just like, I'm gonna play what I like, I guess.
0: That's um, <laughs> that's awesome.
18: Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs>
0: So, you know, how did the... So, OnlyFans, you know, August 19th, they're like, we're banning sexual content. Yeah. It was like a five-day window mm-hmm. when it was all over. It was a five-day window when OnlyFans was no more. I knew... I mean, I was subscribed to somebody that, like, literally just started deleting shit. Damn. They started deleting everything, taking down all the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're still deleting their OnlyFans. They're like, fuck OnlyFans. Yeah. But, uh, you know, how was that time for you? Like, were you... What were were you thinking? What are you you thinking when that's going on?
19: Um, Honestly, I was stressed um, because OnlyFans is definitely a big part of my income um, as well as in person. So I was stressing the frick frack out and was extremely pissed off because I was not expecting (laughs) it at this time. Of course, no one was, but it was just adding like salt to the wound because... How many platforms have we lost in the last few years? And then it's like, oh, one of the biggest ones that almost everybody uses is like, yeah, no more adult content. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck you too, then. You obviously don't care about us and don't want to lobby against the anti-sex work lobbyists that are trying to take away our livelihoods.
0: I do think that it's like they will, I mean, if they can come for Pornhub. Because Pornhub's bigger than OnlyFans. It is, You know, yeah. Pornhub's bigger than Amazon. Mm-hmm. If they can come for it, like, you still can't buy, like, Model Hub and shit. You still can't buy shit on Pornhub mm-hmm. from, like, January. Damn. And so it's like, if they can come for Pornhub, they can come for anybody, exactly. it seems like.
19: Yeah, they can definitely come for a lot of, a lot of things. They already came for Backpage, so... and they're, yeah. And those... <laughs> they're, they're, their creators are sitting in jail still, yeah. so...
0: How like I know so I watched the I didn't watch the the, the video with you and Devorah, but you mm-hmm. kind of like there's the preview yeah. preview video right yes where you talking <laughs> and you talk about like about like representation in porn yeah like how how important is representation in porn for you right? it's
19: very important for me because we don't see a lot of you know plus size people disabled people like people who just aren't like the stereotypical norm of what, like what you think you would see in porn which has been you know. Push on us for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need to see more diversity in porn. And so far I'm seeing it, especially with a lot of, like, my fellow black creators. They're doing the damn thing.
0: How does it feel like, you know, like, adding yourself, like, to that body of work that's, like, might be, like, new. Not newer, but, like, underrepresented. Like, how is it at, like, being part of that, I guess, movement, maybe?
19: Mm, it feels pretty empowering. It's a little, a little frightening because... <laughs> Like, I see other people that look like me, but I'm also like, wow, there's not a lot of people that look like me. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, I got piercings in my mouth, like, and in my nose. And for the most part, like, I have my natural hair or I have, um, you know, whatever hairstyle I'm I'm having for that time. Um, And, you know, I just, I don't look like your stereotypical porn star. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also going to be heavily tattooed probably by the time I'm 30. So... (laughs) I
0: searched fat dude on Pornhub the other day. There's like a thousand videos. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Where am I?
19: Yeah. More fat dudes in porn, please. Yeah. Like, please. Ugh.
0: People, you heard it here.
19: Like, give us more (laughs) fat men, please, in porn. Give me all the thickums.
0: Most of the results were just like fat asses. And I was like, that's not what I typed in.
19: Exactly. I said fat men. Fat dude. Which means all of it. (laughs) What the fuck do you mean? (laughs)
20: So I was like, okay, let me try this and see what happens and I got a dude that was like, I want to book you for a cuddle session and he's like, are you open to fetish stuff? And I'm like, yes, I totally am. Hell yeah. And he's like, I want to do a tickle torture session.
0: Ooh, nice. And I'm
20: I'm not I'm not ticklish. So I was like, yeah,
21: totally. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
20: and I was like I can pretend to be ticklish and so I agreed to do the session and then after a while I was like oh shit four hours is a really long time like now I know I'm like four hour appointment like you need to have like a meal you need to do an activity you know you need to have more than tickle torture plan (laughs) and I was like I was like okay we're doing this I've already agreed to we've already negotiated the price and then when I was prepping he was like oh I also like feet can you wear Stockings, socks, and yoga pants. So I like I'm wearing all this clothes and I like go to his place and I'm sweaty because I'm wearing all these layers. And he like had offered to like roll me a joint and smoke with me. And I got there and he didn't have a lighter. So we spent like 15 minutes like very awkwardly while he's trying to find a lighter. And we're like, okay, that's not (laughs) happening. And then You know, he wanted to get into the session and I very quickly realized, like, he basically was like, I'm a tickle top and I want to tickle torture you. And I very quickly realized that he was a tickle, like a foot bottom. What he really wanted to do was just have my feet in his face. And so basically, I like just put my feet on his face for several hours and like he tickled me a little bit and I'd be like, hee,
14: hee, 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 hee. And eventually
20: (laughs) he just fell asleep. And I like with... (laughs) my feet on his face and so I watched um, Machete like by Quentin know, oh. because that was what was on and I was like couldn't really you know I was kind of like clueless I'm like should I move should I change it like I, I guess I kind of wanted to see this and so he eventually like wakes up like <laughs> right <laughs> as, as the final like battle scene and I'm like super into it so I'm like oh yeah this guy like I don't know his wife and stuff happened and I explained the whole plot to him and then I just like packed up and left it was like The very strange four hours. Like I've never had a session like that ever again because that was like literally the first time I ever saw someone who was paying me for for that. (laughs) Yeah, just now I'm just like, all right, I know how to sculpt a four hour experience. We're gonna have snacks. We're gonna do activities. Like he didn't like talking either. He wasn't chatty. Oh wow! And like, yeah, because he found me off a cuddle website. Like it was a little bit like how I was marketing myself there was very different. It's okay. so like now I'm just like very, like people know what they're getting on my ads, escorting yeah, yeah. ads. You know, that's the point of the escort ad. You're not trying to like shift a cuddle client into a sex work client.
0: That's a, that's yeah. incredible though. That's pretty sweet.
20: <laughs> yeah, I, it's like, you I don't know. You just watch it seems...
0: Machete with your feet on his face. And he's,
20: <laughs> I know, he's passed out. I know. <laughs> like when I was reading about it on Reddit, I was like, okay, like you can, you could do this. Like, why not? And now I'm like, maybe I'm not. Maybe I should just go for the, like, the escort site. Like, just pay for that. Like, it's just easier.
22: I I think society hasn't done the best job of putting it in the light that, you know, it can be put in. Oh. Um, I mean, there's so many times where I was working uh, that were. So an example I'll give you. um, I had a female hired me. And, uh, and again, there was no physical aspect to that, but we literally were together for almost the whole day. And, uh, toward, I found out that she was a widow
15: oh. and she
22: hadn't seen anybody for a very long time. And, um, <clears throat> it was like, like, I knew that it was important. I obviously I've never, I'm not a widow. I have no idea what that's like now later in life, you know, I kind of have a better understanding but for her, the real moment that it clicked on how valuable somebody like me was um, was after after all was said and done. You know, the whole day, she she never one of her big things was cooking for okay. her, her husband, um, and she hadn't done that in so long. And for her to like run around the kitchen cooking for somebody, oh man, I was like, she was like a little kid, like she was so happy, and to be able to give somebody that feeling. It's, it's one of the most, it's one of the most valuable things that I think we can make in our society. So yeah. we, they, people need to look at it differently.
0: Definitely. Yeah. That's like, if you share that, it's, I feel like nobody can argue with that at all. That's, yeah. so, that, that's like a horrible hear, person. <laughs> like hearing, hearing that they're like, how can that, I can't
22: just,
0: it's a beautiful thing. Like,
22: yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I, I still see her to this day. Oh yeah. So, so like I said, that's kind of one of the reasons that I don't, I don't ever foresee you know we're a day where i'm just like close the laptop and yeah because it's like people
0: are always going to want want that like if you especially too like we're saying like your relationship building and you're like friends almost it's like i'm just gonna cut my
22: like yeah 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 absolutely
0: So right now you're saying a full-time traveling companion. How did you get into companionship? I know you mentioned you sugared. What was that kind of like? How was, how was getting into companionship? How was that?
21: Um, it was a pretty smooth transition. I had been sugaring just for a little bit and realized, you know, this – there's still too much um, – there's like a lack of clarity with boundaries there. Okay. Um, there's a lack of a set – market rate there's people want a lot from you for very little and even before I had stepped into companionship I knew that what was being asked of me was not um was like really exploitive <laughs> like much more exploitive uh, than if I could just set the terms myself in a way that was really clear and there was too much sort of you had to pretend that it wasn't a job yeah. and they wanted it to feel like it it, this isn't actually what you do for work. This is, you know, this is your side thing, but you're actually a student or whatever. And it was just like, I don't...
0: I'm going to mentor you. Yeah,
21: I'm not... I don't want to play these games with you. I want us to both get exactly what we want out of this. And I want it to be really clear. I don't want there to be any um, confusion about what we're doing together. Yeah. Um. So I had already been in community with strippers through Twitter and that's how I sort of found out about sex work Twitter. So through the stripper Twitter community, I like was friends with some people who were in the companion world. And so I was able to talk to a couple of people and be like, Hey, do I just, do I just post ads? Is that how this works? Like I just go ahead and do it. And that's what happens. And they were just like, yeah, that's basically it. You just post an ad (laughs) and then you, then you're, you're an escort now. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, guess I'll do that. then, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that's what I did. And then it, it just sort of seamlessly oh, transitioned. Yeah. yeah, that way.
0: Do you feel like there was like a learning curve or like a waiver period at the beginning when you're like, not good? I always ask everybody, like, do you feel like, is was there a learning curve to it? Yeah, to you yeah like?
21: I think so. But I had also sought out really early, I sought out mentorship. Oh, um, nice. Because I don't have an ego. I know that I'm not good at stuff just because I want to do it necessarily. As much as I would like for that to be the case <laughs> that I'm perfect at everything, uh, I th- I found it important in the industry to have people to look up to and people that can guide you. And um, for that to be a reciprocal relationship, I didn't want to just be that guy who's like, hey, give me all your tips and knowledge that took you years to build up. Like, I wanted to be able to offer something. So I was able to make some connections early okay, nice. on and, and rely on people and then... Um, you know, try to find ways to reciprocate that relationship. Okay. Um, So I felt like I had a pretty strong start because of that. Um, And then I had been observing the industry for so long, even when I wasn't actively dancing, because of my relationships, I was still following strippers on the internet, I was still engaging with sex work culture from a distance. And so by the time I stepped into it, I kind of knew a lot of I knew a lot of the things that I think slip people up in the early stages in terms of like what boundaries you should have or like how to keep yourself safe. These were things I had picked up just by observing. And so I entered it sort of knowing exactly what I needed to do in certain respects uh, for my safety at the very least.
0: Do you feel like dancing was definitely a positive thing? Like, are you glad you danced before like getting into companionship? Do you feel like it had any – did it impact it at all, do you feel like?
21: I think it made it easier to think about the, I guess, quote-unquote, next step. Like if if we're thinking of sex work as like an escalation, which I don't think you should because not everyone does everything. But for me, it was very much like online work was the gateway and then stripping was like the next layer and then companionship was the next layer after that. And that's certainly not true for everybody. But stripping normalized – A lot of stuff that I used to be more hesitant about. Um, Like, I didn't realize until I started dancing that a lot of girls would go out to, like, maybe a dinner with a regular customer at the club because they would offer. And they'd be like, let me buy you a meal. Let me buy you a new work outfit. I didn't realize how much of that was happening, even if they weren't escorting. A lot of them were not necessarily doing more with these guys. They were just going to dinner and stuff. But that normalized the idea of, like, oh, yeah, you can have – Varied interactions with different people with various levels of intimacy in different contexts, different settings. Um, And so that kind of made it easier to conceptualize, you know, what else is possible, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: You've told me a story. You've alluded to a story. You haven't told me the full story. What story? It, it involves I've told <laughs> you
23: lots of secrets <laughs> and stories.
0: <laughs> so this involves uh an actor.
23: Uh-huh.
0: He was in the movie Austin Powers.
23: <laughs> <laughs> he
0: this was It's a very
23: uh, interesting story. I know exactly uh, <laughs> what you're talking
0: about. He was Austin Powers' little person that you Bern know Troyer. Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer.
23: Rest his soul.
0: RIP. Shout out to RIP, yes. To the tripod.
23: (laughs) So I was touring New York and um you know, he gave normal references. I reached out to them. They never once mentioned who he was or that he was a little person. Um so yeah, I thought before meeting him it was gonna be a perfectly, you know, normal, quote unquote normal date. Um, I open the door and he comes kind of like, you know, hobbling, wobbling in with a duffel bag, like a Fifty Shades of Grey bag.
0: Nice!
23: Um, the bag was bigger than he was, um, and so he like lays everything out and I'm thinking like, I hope this is for you, this is not for me, right? And like... Um, some of the interesting items in the bag were like metal boot spurs and um, nipple clamps that tased. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, it was a very interesting appointment. I ended up, he wanted um you to kind of like, or me, to cut him from... His head to his toes with metal boot spurs. They nice. were super sharp. Um, I think pain was kind of like a release for him. And then like the nipple clamps, like literally <laughs> tased him, tased the shit out of him. I was like, oh, this is this is great. But I was wondering like why the references didn't ever. Mention that it was Vern Troyer or you know, that he was like very um open with his sexuality. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: See that's dope. I'm like, this dude knows what the fuck he wants. Shout out to that. That's oh yeah, dope. he
23: was super open. Like it was great. It was
0: Did you say anything like, about that you knew like, that sh- who he was? I was Were like, you like
23: should I get your autograph? Or like <laughs> he was like, you know, yeah. not not too many he was yeah. humble but also like not too many people get to experience yeah. the side of me um, yeah that was great that's yeah. dope yeah
0: I feel like if I ever get famous I, I mean I'm gonna have a duffel bag of stuff Pulling
23: around. <laughs> what are, what's gonna be in your duffel bag what are you gonna have
0: I don't know there's definitely gonna be like I don't know about the metal boot spurs
23: that was that was unique for sure. I, I don't think I've had any client before or after who's brought in metal boot spurs, and they were sharp too. Really? Like, I'm like, where did you get these? That's like, great. Yeah. Shut That's out. interesting. Shut, shout out to Fern Shout out to Bitty B. Hell yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: This is wonderful.
24: It is. You know, before sex work, I was working in corporate America. And I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week and it was heartbreaking and I was tired and I had put on all that weight and I was depressed and I was not living a life. I was burning out from real life, like by 26, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And here I am just like living the most wonderful life and I'm home all the time with my kids and what more can I ask for? You have your children for such a limited time. And I was such a young mom, but I'm really running out of time to make memories with them. And now because of sex work, that's all we have is fun memories with each other that okay. otherwise we never would have been able to do.
0: Yeah. Especially working, like you're saying, 60 to 80 hours a week. You're like, I go to work and then I come home and I'm like, I'm tired. And then I leave get-
24: <laughs> before they wake up, you know, having someone come over and being them. And then I get home after they go to bed. Yeah. They stop remembering which one's mama and which one's grandma. Yeah. That's no yeah. life. That's no life at all.
0: No. It's capitalism. We, can, it's, <laughs> we all got It's fucking... bullshit
24: is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You
24: know yeah. what? Do you ever see that like no little girl trend? Let me tell you this much no little girl wants to be what I was before sex work. Because that was no life. That was misery.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like, I guess, do you feel like you view yourself any differently? Like from before you started sex work to now, do you feel like how you view yourself, has that changed at all?
24: Oh my God. I feel like I finally recognize my own self-worth. I think that I am confident people, people in my civ life have noticed a huge change because I dropped the weight and I got huge boobs and I wear cute clothes and I got my, my, my favorite Burberry furs and I got my jewelry on and I have my perfume on. I just like, all of a sudden look nine day different. I went from the girl who was wearing all of her clothes into the pool to being like the sexy girl in a bikini. And I just, people see me and people smile at me and everyone is so nice to me and they're like, girl. Like, you are sparkling. You are awesome. Show me your ways. And I want to tell everyone, like, sex work, baby. Yeah. Like, I just, I am living, like, every truth of myself that I was ever supposed to be. Like, I think I just grew up in, like, conservative Kansas. And this was, like, like I didn't really wear makeup. You know, like, I, I just didn't do any of the sexy stuff. Like, that was just discouraged. And it's was so attractive to me and I wanted to be a part of it so bad. And I just thought that it was something that was so out of reach. And then I just took a leap of faith, man. And I have no, no regrets. And I just see myself every year, just getting better and better and being a real actualization of like who I, who I truly am for better or for worse growing and learning
0: So I feel like there's probably a client that might be listening to this podcast. Maybe they've seen a companion before. Maybe they haven't. But they want to do it. They want to see somebody. Do you have any advice for that client that maybe kind of wants, wants to see somebody for the first time? Do you have any advice for them?
24: Yes. Okay, babe. So listen, I want you to pull up your phone right now. Go to the girl you can't start, stop like thinking about whoever it is, whoever you want your first to be. And if it's me, you're gonna love it. I am an awesome first time pick, but forever go, whoever like tickles your fancy and fancies your tickle, and, and just send an email and mean it and don't waste their time. Like, you have one first impression, and so be like, hey, so and so. My name is so-and-so, and I've been a big fan of yours, and um, I'm interested in meeting with you. I'm nervous. This is my first time. I'm happy to do any sort of screening that you may ask for, and that's, you know, side note, really important because people do their own forms of screening, and what works for one person may not work for another Um but, if you want to see one particular companion, do exactly as they ask. and and don't don't play stupid, don't ask. Um, don't play games. And so, like for me, you know, I would require a copy of your real world ID. There are a lot of people who do it. It's a very legitimate thing. No, we're not gonna steal your identity. If you think we are gonna steal your identity, you may not be ready. Or just see someone who's not going to require that, you know, your first experience is going to be exactly what you want it to be and what you make of it. Um, and, and when you reach out to that companion, you know, I highly recommend making sure, you know, their rates in advance and knowing exactly how much time you want to spend with them and on what day. And if they're doing in call or out call, you know, for me, COVID changed everything. I've been doing 99% out and so every time someone reaches out and says, I'm a big fan. I want to book in call. Well, then I get frustrated because I'm like, well, you clearly don't follow me that much. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, life is short, book the girl, go see that person. And if that time is great, book another date. If you want to see someone else, go see someone else. If that date ended up sucking for whatever reason, well, don't let it stop you. Try, try again. Like you're gonna meet someone who clicks you're gonna click with. You might meet several people that you click with. And my one my one thing about it is that it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be easy. And so if things are hard, argumentative, feel difficult, feel wrong, then just back out and be polite. Be aware that a lot of us have um, deposit um, requirements as low as $25 could be 50% of the booking. Be prepared to send that and the and how they ask for it. I only use Cash App. Some people use uh, PayPal. Some people use Venmo. You know, just whatever it is, you, you just... This is the opportunity of a lifetime to have an incredible experience, and you're going to set the tone for the very first message. So, do it. Even if you're scared, even if you're nervous, like life is short, man, book the girl, book the boy, book the provider, book the duo, book book the couple, like whoever it is that you want to see, you know, go experience, you know, that like GFE or that PSE or like whatever fetish it is that you have. Like we as sex workers specialize in so many different things that like there is someone out there for you who is just going to blow your mind and put a smile on your face that's never going to leave and like you deserve it like you deserve it if you're listening to this podcast that I means you know who i am you know who we are you're following us you've got that want and i'm just going to encourage you just go for it baby i just go for it and if and if you didn't like it well at least you tried it and you know what you didn't like and you can grow from that experience but it's not over there's so much fun to be had Go do it.
25: You know, one of the biggest things is um, I think people look at sex workers as like this monolith, like we're this, you know, we're these poor, downtrodden, victimized women. And and no, you know, like I said, it's you know, it's one of those things. It's like any other job. It's got, it's good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's everything in between. It's, you know, it's not one thing or another. I've kind of, um, like I told somebody one time, you know, you can liken it to working in the hospitality industry. If you work at McDonald's, your experience is going to be vastly different than if you work at a five-star Michelin restaurant or Applebee's or Outback or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's... But I think I think yeah you know one of the one of the biggest misconceptions is that we're all just these poor downtrodden people who are desperate, were were drug addicts, were you know just people of low morals, and that is absolutely absolutely not true.
0: Yeah, I've met so many. I've met so many doing this podcast, and not even through not even necessarily through this podcast, but also just sex work I've seen, and I'm like. Fucking some of the best fucking people. I'm like y'all are great. Y'all are y'all are y'all are awesome.
25: Oh fuck yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean the ladies in this industry, we're beautiful, we're bad, we're mad, we're sad, we're killer, we're gorgeous, we're ugly, we're big, we're small, we're everything. We are we are all women.
0: How long do you see yourself in sex
25: work? How long how long how long are you how long you escort? How long are you in sex work for? What do you what do you think? <laughs> Um, it, you know, as, as long as I enjoy it and as long as it's viable for me. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's this misconception that once you get past a certain age, you age out, you can't do this anymore. Um, older sex workers, they shouldn't charge this much, blah, blah, blah. Dude, man, I know women who are in their fifties and sixties who are absolutely incredible, making bank. Yeah. Slamming and jamming, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't plan on stopping just because somebody says, "Oh, you're too old to be doing this, young lady." Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, the people are excited. <laughs> and you know, there and there are a lot. There are a lot of older men out there who actually prefer being with a woman who's closer to their own age yeah. and somebody, you know, somebody who has experience.
0: That was our look back at 2021. The last episode of the Full Service Podcast. Thanks for fucking, thanks for being here. I truly appreciate it. Shout out to every guest that we've had on the podcast. Man, it's over. Wow. Hey, (laughs) Full Service Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow me, I am at Tank Funkadelic. What's happening in the future, people? What's happening? What's going on? Tank, what are you doing? I'm starting another podcast. Me and my best friend Mike, uh for episode 90, we're starting a podcast Shirts in the Pool. That'll uh, probably like debut probably at the end of February, maybe March, maybe sooner. But uh I'm excited about that. I will plug it in like Instagram and Twitter as soon as that does drop. But uh we'll be on Instagram and Twitter at Shirts in the Pool, but uh you can always follow me at Tank Funkadelic man. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I hope you're excited for the future. I don't know what to say. This, is, this has been a dope fucking journey that we've been on. I'm glad we've taken it together. You know, thanks for listening to the show. That's really it. Thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for being here, yo. Hit me up if you like the show. If you if you like the show, hit me up. Let me know what the let me let me know if you like the show, right? I feel like I've been I did this for a while, and I didn't really have many people hit me up. So if you like the show, fuck yo, send me an email at gmail.com. Hit me up on social media. That's it. Thanks for being here. I'm Tank Smith. This is the goddamn full service podcast. I'll see y'all later. Peace. service.